Welcome to the Industry Insights by SAP podcast series. I'm delighted to host this podcast and share key trends and innovations for each of the 25 industries we serve. At SAP, we like to say that we speak the language of our customers, and this language is industry. We've been supporting all industries for more than 50 years now, and it's exciting to launch this podcast and discuss with industry experts the business value that they get from our solutions. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Industry Insights Podcast by SAP. My name is Tom Raftery, and with me on the show today, I have my two guests, Hagen and Tobias. Gentlemen, would you like to introduce yourselves with maybe Tobias going first? Yeah, welcome everybody. Welcome Hagen, welcome Tom. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, my name is Toby. Um, I'm the CEO and co-founder of ChargeX. We are a Munich-based technology company developing a cool new charging solution for all the electric vehicles on the road. Um, yeah, I'm with the company now for one about three years and we're really active in this market and looking forward to our conversation about my passion topic today. Superb. And Hagen? Thanks, Toby. And thanks, Tom, also for having me. So my name is Hagen. I'm actually leading the automotive industry at SAP. Uh, my organization is actually responsible for the complete solution portfolio for automotive and mobility. And on the other hand, we are leading the entire strategy at SAP for automotive, next generation mobility, and of course, a long time player in the automotive mobility space for 15 years now. Looking forward to the podcast. Superb, superb. And I'm looking forward to the podcast myself as well, Hagen, because um, people who know me uh, on social channels and, and personally will know that I'm a huge, huge advocate for electric electric vehicles, electrification of transportation in, in general, uh, from a whole sustainability perspective. I, I moved here to Spain in 2008 and uh, I needed to get a car when I moved here. And the car that I bought, my, my filter for buying a car at the time was the emissions from the vehicle, uh, which was a little weird at the time, but that was my filter then. And the, the best car I could get with the lowest emissions was a Prius. So I had that Prius for 10 years. And then in 2018, I switched to a full EV and the best EV available in Europe at the time uh, for the kind of uh, traveling that I do uh, was the Nissan Leaf 40 kilowatt hour, which had a range of 250 kilometers on a good day with a strong tailwind if you were driving downhill slowly. <laughs> and then uh, this year I switched to a VW ID4. And that has a range of between four and 500 kilometers. So that will tell you the kind of changes we're seeing from a technological perspective in the EV space in a very short space of time from 2018 to 2021. We've gone from 250 to almost 500. Hagen, what, what are you seeing in terms of the EV space? You know, what kind of changes are you seeing to the whole automotive space and the EV space in particular? Thanks, Tom. And first of all, I can recall that experience with that Nissan Leaf because I actually had one of the generation two. And I know we are telling always the story that I had, you know, this wonderful experience running out of power, actually, in one of my trips in Japan on the way, actually, to Nissan, <laughs> realizing that an EV is not the same running out of juice when you have a normal combustion engine because you have to be picked up and then just be brought to another service and then charging station. So obviously, I mean, this whole shift to electromobility and EV as an alternative drive chain in the automotive space is dramatic. Now, everything what we see, and this is beginning from the design, how we source actually the components to a, a battery manufactured car, uh, to, to the sales and service, to the 
aftermarket service, the spare parts management is really changing the whole industry. Why? Because all of a sudden, all the different topics around sustainability, uh, around also uh, compatibility and reusage of components is coming more and more into the play into that one. And that doesn't affect only the OEMs, what we see at the current time. It also affects the whole ecosystem. Yeah? I mean, it affects us as a company who is running one of the biggest car fleets here in Germany. It also uh, affects the end users of facing challenges around, hey, how do I install my wall box and do I have enough juice at the home for charging my uh, my vehicle? At the, and at the end, it's also affecting the public perception about how we consume mobility and drive forward into our future mode of uh, consuming mobility. Lovely, lovely. And Toby, Charge X, I mean, for people who are unaware Tell us a little bit about what ChargeX is and what ChargeX does and why why does it exist? What's what's the, the, the um what's what's your reason for, for what problem are you solving? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you talk about a startup, then it's always interesting about the story, how it evolved and how the idea was born. Uh, and actually, I'm in this e-mobility space now for several years. So I studied automotive and mobility management. So I have the same passion as you, Hagen, for this whole industry and was really fascinated about it. Um, and then, like when I was still studying, I bought my first electric car, which was a Renault Zoe back then, like a competitor to the Nissan Leaf, a little mm-hmm. bit smaller. And there I've seen, well, this is the future. Of course, the range was not sufficient enough for every trip, um, but it was just a pleasure to drive. And I've seen if we just see a little bit of improvements in the battery capacity and in the efficiency overall, then the future will be electric. And then after that, um, yeah, I worked for several companies, for example, also Tesla Motors. I really got passionate about also um, um, powerful cars as well (laughs) and worked for another EV startup here in Munich. Um, But then I've seen like the biggest bottleneck we need to solve is definitely the availability of charge points and the scale up of charging infrastructure. Because as you described, like the the prices are going down, the range is going up. So there are no boundaries anymore except for having the available chargers all around you. And we have seen... If you look around in your room where you're sitting right now, you have you see several devices, for example, your smartphone or your laptop, um, but you don't have enough outlets for charging them all at the same time. And no one would have the idea to call an electrician to install another wall outlet. Everyone would use like some kind of power strip or a multi-socket to charge those several devices. Yeah, and the idea was back then that we took this basic concept of having one grid outlet and charging several cars over a long period of time. That's where the idea of ChargeX was born. And we developed like the first power strip. And our product is called Aqueduct and it works actually like the same. So you only need one grid outlet from your grid operator and you need the electrician once to install the first charge point. And then the more cars you want to charge in the future, and there are a lot of cars to charge in the future, you can easily extend the system with a plug and play system from the solar industry and add another charge point step-by-step in a really convenient way. So everyone can do it, um, you can do it, I can do it. And the current record for installing a new charge point is 15 seconds. And we have a really good approach for um, equipping the locations that are the most important ones, for example, company charging when the cars are parked during the day. And the same thing happening at night um, in the residential areas or homes, um, because we need to take the long idle times of those cars and to charge them up. So they're fully charged when we need them. And that was the basic idea how we started charging X one about yeah three years ago, uh, and now we're on the market. We have more than one thousand charges in the field, and proof that the idea was like good and had had a good timing, of course. Um, and now we're ready to grow to grow and. Having an expansionally uh, growing market in front of you is always good uh, when starting a startup. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So, I mean, to, if 
correct me if I'm wrong here, but my understanding of what you guys are doing, as you said, is, you know, making it easy for people to install chargers because maybe you're an organization, uh, a, a company, or maybe you've got a fleet of service vehicles or something similar, and you want to try out EVs. So you get a charger installed and then you decide in two years time, okay, this is a great idea. Let's put out a fleet of 10 or 15 or 40 or 500 or whatever it is. And you don't, or maybe you're doing it gradually. You don't want to have to keep calling back a specialized company to install even more chargers and even more charge. You do it, as you said yourself, in one operation, install maybe one wall box. And then gradually, as you increase your fleet of electric vehicles, you can yourself add chargers onto that. Is that the, 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 the is that the correct way of putting it? Yeah, uh, that's a perfect description. It's also part of our vision of how the EV charging should work in the future, because it's definitely different than fueling your normal car, where you would have one petrol station for like 100 cars and they would be used one after each other. That's not how it's going to work, because we need to connect all the cars at the same time to the grid and then charge them depending on the individual mobility behavior of those people. Um, And sharing like a charge point is really not convenient, because um, if you have employees and you will need to pay them that they repark their car when it's fully charged, it's really expensive and Mm. you don't want to pay for that. And that's why we see that every parking spot should be a charging spot in the future. Um, Even though it won't be fully charged because it's not even empty, but you need this constant connection to the grid to also have smart services in the future. And that's, you need to make the setup as easy as possible. And we tried really hard and it doesn't get any easier. (laughs) We tried. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. And there's, I'm again, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I can see there's two very different use cases So one is where people are coming to work during the day with their company vehicle. And the other is a maybe it's a a bus company or a municipal organization that have service vehicles that are parked overnight. And they're two very different charging scenarios. Uh, Are you catering to both of those? Yeah, totally correct. So we have three factors where we are relevant. It's definitely you need to charge a lot of cars, so at least more than one. (laughs) Then it makes sense. Then you need to have a long parking time, like 12 hours during the night or 12 hours during the day. And you need to have limited grid capacity, which will be the case if you have more than five cars anyway. So the the niche we are targeting will be like 90% of the market in the future. And that's why we're pretty relaxed about uh, the evolvements in the market and the in the demand for charging infrastructure. But yeah, that's the perfect description. So we're doing actually everything except for rapid charging and fast charging along the highway and the classic public chargers you see all around the city because they need like a different hardware concept. And yeah, we are not made for that. And we have good reasons for that. <laughs> okay. And again, you know, there has been quite a bit of what's called FUD, you know, spread about electric vehicles. Uh, And some people, you know, doubt whether they are the future. Some people think they are the future, but maybe they're the future in 20, 30, 40 years time. Uh, Other people think they're here now and they're jumping on board today. What, 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 what do you think? What do you think? Do you th- I mean, I know you're in charge X, so you, you, you're hoping, but why do you think that they're going to grow exponentially in the next few years? You can see the numbers. So it's already growing exponentially. So that's always a good proof how the, in the recent years it developed, especially here in Germany. Um, so Germany is now one of the biggest EV markets, um, of course, still behind Norway. Um, but it's 
just awesome what's happening here. Then you see like CO2 regulations. So actually we're talking about like um, that you're not allowed to register a petrol car anymore, but actually it's already integrated into our law because the CO2 regulations will be so tough to achieve that it doesn't make any sense to invest any more money into the development of petrol engines. Um, so that's also pretty obvious. So you see the first car manufacturers saying in the next five years, we're not going to build any normal cars. So it's totally obvious from a normal standpoint. Um, and then you just see the development of the cars. So those are really attractive, affordable, powerful cars um, with a sufficient range, like you described, the VW ID4 um, or VW ID4. It's just a great car to drive. It's it's awesome. It has a long range. And with the government incentives you need in the next years, I guess, uh, it's also affordable. So I definitely believe in this exponential growth in next years and that it, we don't need to wait for 10 years um, to get rid of the petrol cars. Uh, it will ha happen automatically. Yeah. And I, I love my own ID4. It's a fabulous, fabulous vehicle. I got to say, I drove on a, a family trip to Asturias uh, this summer. And from where I am in Seville, Asturias is 850 kilometers away and I had zero problems driving there. Um, but if, if you are a, a fleet manager, why would you be, in, whether, whether it's company cars or whether it's the kind of service vehicles that I talked about, why would you be interested in switching to EVs? What kind of advantage would they convey? It's definitely about the operations cost. So if you have a, if you're a commercial operator, that's the most important thing. So the cars uh, are getting incentives and the, the, yeah, the normal operation cost from the day to day perspective is definitely more affordable. So energy is cheaper. Um, the cars are way more efficient. So there's no any other efficient cars as a battery electric vehicle on the road, which is like way better than any other alternatives. And then you don't need to repair uh, any expensive parts. For example, my Renault Zoe has now won about 200,000 kilometers and it's still the first part of the brakes because you never use them because you have regenerative braking. So there's actually nothing you need to maintain on those cars. Um, so that's just if you ask your accounting, then they will say the same too. <laughs> <laughs> and Hagen, you're being very quiet there. Um, what, what, what are SAP doing in this space? We, we have a partnership with ChargeX. Do you want to talk a bit about that? All the topics you just raised and brought up are also, you know, in light or in line, actually, what we are driving from SAP. And I mean, having Toby and Charge X aside, it was very obvious from our side that when we first looked off hey, how SAP is changing its concepts uh, for mobility and also our incentive program at SAP, how we foster action mobility. And if you look at, okay, company cars at SAP, uh, the advantages of switching to electric cars and electric vehicles is obvious. No, I mean, all the stuff what Toby just mentioned around maintenance and so on, this is quite obvious. However, and this was also very important for us from a strategy perspective in looking at the entire automotive market, I mean, it all starts with the customer experience and putting the customer in first place. So giving an end customer, which could be, of course, a fleet manager, but also the end customer, a first plus experience of charging and experience the electromobility space by itself. This was always our main goal and main target. So what we actually looked into that transformation of automotive going from classical combustion engines uh, to EVs, it's also almost a bit of the same transformation what we see in the IT industry. I mean, going away from on-prem into the cloud, this is also part of our strategy. And then we thought, hey, we could contribute here and we see significant potential also where SAP could contribute into that area of electromobility. Why? Because at the end, when we're talking about charging infrastructure and charging uh, electric vehicles, 
It's all about asset management. It's about maintenance. It's also about billing and invoicing the whole consumption of charging experience what we actually provided to the market and then we are back at the company processes now and the horizontal processes where sap was always strong and we said hey we have a huge footprint here and we either way in the market of automotive India. and then we said there are this whole next generation of industry capabilities coming now into the market where at the end you need a, a scalable cloud first modular mm -hmm. software provider uh, which is able to scale up and scale down quickly uh, i mean tobias mentioned it of saying hey i'm having today maybe 15 charging stations tomorrow it's need to be 120 i need to have an it platform in place which is capable to keep pace with that so scale up fast, but also scale down if you don't need it into it, but also have the bandwidth to go global with, with it. No? And at the end, this is really the playing field where SAP sees itself. And we actually uh, established the industry cloud at SAP for e-mobility into that area. So what SAP is doing now at the end, we provide the platform and the suite of charging infrastructure, charging the electric vehicles, but also the surrounding business processes from maintenance and repair, invoicing and billing, and even logistics. Yeah, If to move around the one or the other vehicles, this is part of SAP's industry cloud providing in there. And mixing this and combining this now uh, with the startup and you know the brilliant idea from Toby and ChargeX, this is only a win-win system to our end customers because having the full-fledged suite and the full-fetch package, this is a first-class experience where I would think a customer would buy into. Great. Thanks, Hagen. Toby, you mentioned the hardware side of your business and how you're helping people deploy chargers more easily. But what about the software and the data side of the business? How are you handling that and what kind of, what kind of uh, outcomes and benefits are you seeing from that? Yeah, so there are definitely different sets of data, I guess, we need to use in our system. Um, and Hagen described it perfectly. So if you're operating as a company charging infrastructure, then you have definitely your different users, you have different, different access controls to the chargers. And then, of course, a lot of billing data, um, which needs to be transferred to the cloud. So people actually pay for the energy that they consumed. And that's where we are saying we wanted to have a good partner. And my favorite saying is um, that a startup should never collaborate with another startup that should take like a, a more experienced one uh, around it and that's why we're working together with SAP and the e-mobility backend solution um, so every charge of us is connected to the cloud of SAP and there all the billing and all the data is managed so that's like a basic process we need to have and that's why we are pretty happy with the collaboration here and that works perfectly fine for our customers which also get access to this e-mobility backend so they can log in see all the data they're using and also change the uses that they want to have charged on the on the chargers but also something more future relevant for us as a company is having more data about the charging algorithm and to decide when to charge which car. As I described earlier, so we have a lot of cars connected to the grid, um, but our grid is not made for charging all those cars at the same time, and it's not even necessary. But we have to distinguish who really has a mobility demand and who needs energy in a shorter period of time, and maybe who is standing there for the next hours or maybe even days if you're talking about an airport. Um, this data is pretty critical to have a good charging experience for the users that are connected to our system. Um, and there we're using our own data sets and also using the good APIs uh, provided by the SAP e-mobility backend. Um, so we can predict how the people are using our system because they're coming to it every day 
normally. So that's pretty cool. And we're also building our own user interface so they can tell our system when they're going to leave, how much range they actually need. Um, and this is all based via the cloud of SAP. So that's a pretty cool uh, solution and something we're going to work on in the next years because that's one of the most important things, I guess, um, to have a good grid compliant charging system um, because like our energy grid is not made for charging all those cars. And that's why we need good software solutions for that. Okay, superb. Uh, where to from here? I mean, we, we see what you're doing today, Toby, rolling out, but the market is going to grow, as we've already said, due to regulations and due to the the increasing range of electric vehicles and due to the falling cost of electric vehicles, etc. So they are going to uh, grow more and more and more as, as a percentage of market share. Where, where to for ChargeX? And Hagen, I'll ask you where to for SAP after after that? Yeah. So where do we see each other? So definitely we have a, a lot of things to do in the future because like the product is developed now. It's now in the second generation. So we got rid of all the problems from the first one <laughs> and now we're ready for, for scale up. So that's pretty cool. And we have also the partnerships set up. So that's why we want to expand here in the German and Austrian market and the Swiss market, but also to pan-European. So that's going to be a lot of work and and growing your startup from the small idea to an international operating company. Um, but on a technology roadmap, it's not like that we want to develop like all different kinds of chargers. So we have a strong focus that we want to do one thing pretty good, and that's the aqueduct system. So we're not going to look into the public market or not going to look into the highway charging, fast charging market. We're going to stay where we are, but we want to like improve the data sets we're using to having a good uh, value proposition to our customers that you can really install all those chargers and that they are good to use. Um, so that's a lot of work we still need to do, um, but I'm really, really motivated. We're just in the beginning of this revolution. Um, and as I said, in a startup, the timing is the most important thing. Like product is important, team is super critical for your success, but it's just the perfect timing to have a scalable charging solution ready for this market. And that's why I can sleep pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and Hagen, where, where to for SAP from here? Yeah, I would say this almost goes hand in hand actually with the roadmap and timeline of Tobias. Why? Because right now in this week at 24th of September, we're going to launch the e-mobility suite of the industry cloud from SAP. So same timing, actually, of course, we have our experience over the last one and a half years made and to sort out of the first, you know, problems and so on and have also our lessons learned in that space. So going now hand in hand to, uh, to the market also with a scalable modular cloud first e-mobility suite and charging solution this is also quite you know of our focus topics of sap we want in that market why because we definitely see the potential as toby said is just at the beginning uh, of the revolution and transformation of course we see in the market a lot of variety of different charging solution approaches and whatever you have seen into that one but you know now being at the point where we need to provide something at scale reliable to be um, applicable to roll out to many, many countries in here. And if we're looking at our first markets, of course, Europe, one of the core markets, but at the same time, we're also focusing APJ with Japan, one of the core markets and also the US in there. This is one of the, you know, the big transformations where SAP wants to play and we have a great roadmap and also a great team behind of it. Last but not least for us, it's also this learning by doing ourselves, transforming SAP's fleet and our own actually uh, business processes in that sustainable area, in that area of electromobility. This is almost like a day by day 
work experience and learn from it yeah, and always transfer this back in our solution and and make the best out of it that's really a win-win for us also in that market no super super toby has mentioned that he drives a zoe i've mentioned that i drive an id4 what's your car hagen <laughs> oh now you got me actually <laughs> I have to admit, it's still a diesel. It's an X3 from BMW. Oh my God. But I can assure you, I mean, this is really one of the last experience in combustion engine what I had now. But as you said, I mean, having the first experiences and you named it, Tom, you know, with the first generations of Nissan Leaf. So it's basically the, the, the same platform, actually, what we had in there. It's really a, a great and a different experience, especially, you know, which is for me relevant in which mobility context you are currently living in. I mean, take me over the last uh, four and a half years living in a 30 million city in Japan, Tokyo. It's almost not necessary to have an own card. New mobility or new concepts of car sharing and subscribing to mobility services. This will be either way the future for the big mega cities and more or less we're living it there. While at the same time, we still have also a little bit homework to do, especially here in Europe, where you're more in the rural areas of saying, okay, how can I consume that? How can I rely better on this future mobility concepts where electric cars are playing for me a fundamental cornerstone in that story? Uh, so this shift has just begun and I'm sure we see that more and more also from our side. Fantastic. Folks, we're coming towards the end of the podcast now. Is there any question that I haven't asked you that you think I should have? Or is there any topics we've not addressed that you think it's important for people to be aware of? Actually, actually, it's just about um, being curious and being open to this whole topic, um, because in the end, what I've learned in the recent years is that the test drive uh, is the final or the, is a good improvement for the final decision. And people have a lot of concerns about e-mobility and all of the stories we heard right now are actually like three or four years old and a lot of things have changed. So the cars available right now and also the infrastructure in the public space available right now is actually pretty good. Um, and we've all seen the differences <laughs> and seen the improvements. So if you're switching now to electric, it's definitely not a bad decision. And people should be just curious and try it out because we have good charting solutions. We have good um, billing and backend solutions for that. Um, good operators out there, really awesome cars now from actually every manufacturer. Um, so people should just try it out. It's the future. Yeah. Well, one point I say to people, now is if you're thinking of buying a car today and you buy one with an internal combustion engine, A, you'll have a difficult time trying to drive it in cities in a couple of years time and B, the resale value of it will go to close to zero in, in five years time. So, you know, it would be a really, really bad investment decision. Hagen, do you have any last words? Yeah, I would maybe raise two additional topics to state out and emphasize once again. So. EVs and the whole shift to electromobility doesn't immediately mean, okay, we're sustainable and green. There is a lot of things to do and a lot of things to optimize, especially on the complete end-to-end -end value chain for automotive. And this is really also what is an SAP strategy in the from the bottom of our heart of saying, hey, we need to be able to deploy and use the resources used for electric vehicles end-to-end -end in a transparent and a compliant way. And this starts, you know, for EVs with the lithium maybe sourced somewhere in Latin America where you need to ensure no child work is actually related to it. And until the end of the life cycle where you say, okay, the second life of a battery, which will also come to us. And it's our chance really 
in the whole industry to set up these processes for the next 20, 25 years. We don't see that every day, uh, to be honest, to, to have these changes. So that would be the first one, which we definitely should emphasize. Second, you named it or you, you mentioned it before, Tom, the, the reliability and the accessibility of trusted data along the electric vehicle experience is also core crucial. We always need to ensure that we have a data sovereign infrastructure in place where, of course, we as the providers, hard and software have access to the re relevant data, but also we're not compromising with the data from the customer inside. So these two you know, aspects are also very critical besides of all the stuff we need to sort out from infrastructure, technology change, and whatever. These two things I definitely would emphasize at the end. Super, super. Folks, if people want to know more about ChargeX or SAP's e-mobility solution or Hagen or Toby or any of the things we discussed on the podcast today, where would you have me direct them? Maybe Toby, you go first. Yes, yeah, so you can definitely have a look at our website. So it's chargex.de. There we have a good overview and just follow me on LinkedIn. So I'm always telling some stories about our startup life here in Munich. Uh, so that's the two best ways to contact us. Yeah. Fantastic. Hagen? For SAP sub.com industry, of course, for the website, also LinkedIn channel, always appreciate. And as Toby mentioned, I would recall that in the Munich urban uh, collab and our innovation space there in this whole ecosystem, this is a good environment also to interact with us, to work on concrete examples, test out some things. This is a beautiful area of experiencing this future of mobility. No? Super, super. Folks, that's been great. Thanks a million for coming on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. Tom, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Industry Insights by SAP podcast. If you want to explore our industry portfolio to find the solutions you need to run your business better, faster and simpler, please visit us at sap.com slash industries.